0: Michael Osterholm is an epidemiologist. He's also the region's professor and director of the Center for Infectious Disease Research and Policy at the University of Minnesota. As you know, Michael Osterholm was named to the newly elected President Biden's COVID-19 Advisory Board. He joins us now this morning. Mike, welcome to the show. Glad you're back with us. Thanks, Freddie. It's always good to be with you. Thank you. My goodness. The president, as you know, laid out his COVID plan at the State of the Union address shortly afterwards. You mentioned that your team had created uh, more than 90-page report uh, that buttressed what the president had to say. What is your report saying, and what are the highlights uh, of that report that you presented? Well, Freddie, I um
1: First of all, you know, I could almost take words right from your uh, uh, webcast today here that you have on the morning show where you said that today, the, today's words, empathy. Seek first to understand. Yes. <laughs> and you know what? And I think that was exactly what the report was about, saying we still have a lot to learn about this virus. Number one is, you know, we have to understand, uh, you know, why people do and don't get vaccinated. Right now, you know, over the weekend we had a report released that, basically spoke to the issue that uh, during the omicron wave black adults were four times as likely to be hospitalized compared with white adults during the same time period and one of the reasons was is that black adults had only been vaccinated compared to white uh, uh, adults Well, 39 percent of blacks were uh, vaccinated at that time and 43 i uh, had received percent had received a booster dose, where among whites, it was 47 percent had been received their first dose, and 54 had received a booster dose. So we have to understand what are the barriers there, and what this report really tried to lay out is how do we get through the next year? What are the things that we need to understand to really try to bring this uh, ongoing challenge uh, under better control? Uh, how do we do better testing and treating? You know, one of the things that if we can get people rapidly tested and then get them to these drugs they could be very successful in reducing the risk of serious illness, hospitalizations, and deaths. We talked a lot about in our report about how can we improve building ventilation, how can we do a better job of providing protective equipment to people, particularly frontline workers, where, again, we know that the communities of color have been particularly hard hit uh, with being there day in and day out on those jobs that were so critical to keeping everything moving forward. So, So this report, I think, really laid out, just the questions that we really hadn't taken time to ask yet, but do we need to do?
0: You're a researcher, and it's interesting, I, I posed this question uh, last week to another epidemiologist. With all the emphasis and all the money that is going into states all around the country, uh, in this report that you just cited, uh, 99 counties, 14 states, why is it when the vaccines are free? Why is it when the testing is free that people of color still lag behind getting the vaccines needed to keep them alive
1: well you know freddie this is uh, one point that i think all of us in the business would do very well to have a very very large dose of humility and to acknowledge we don't know a lot of these reasons why you know i have to tell you i think that it's it's not a, a matter of it won't happen uh, for example i have the real gift in my life of working closely with stephen thomas Uh, one of the leading black health researchers in the world at the University of Maryland. Mm -hmm. And I think we've talked about this before. You know, uh, Dr. Thomas has actually uh, started an incredible program, the Barbers and Beauticians Program, where they educate uh, black barbers and beauticians throughout large areas of Maryland and now spreading out in other areas to actually just talk to their clients. You know, they got them there in the chair and they talked about all kinds of health things. And, and the barbers and the beauticians are well, well informed, uh, have lots of current information, whether it's blood pressure, you know, getting your prostate uh, checked, uh, you know, bro, uh, breast cancer for women, and COVID. And you know what they found? They have substantially increased the vaccination rates. It just took that kind of outreach to give people better information, information they could trust from first trusted sources. So I think this is where we have to be a lot more creative. I don't see this as a line between, you know, which you will get vaccinated, you won't. I think it's, well, give people better information from trusted sources, and I think we can do a lot better. And uh, so so I learn a lot from people like Stephen Thomas every day about how, how we need to reach out and how we need to continue to work on this because, as you know, COVID's not going away.
0: You no, know, as a matter of fact, I heard uh, Dr. Anthony Fauci yesterday talking about a lull in COVID-19 he says, but this is not yet a time to declare uh, a victory over the pandemic. Yeah. I'll, I'll ask you this way. Is the COVID blizzard, as you've characterized it, is it over? Well, I think the blizzard is over. But,
1: you know, like any good Minnesota snow record, you know, you can have a blizzard and then you have a follow-up storm, you know, 48 hours later. And uh, what we're seeing happen right now is a new variant among Omicron. Omicron has kind of split itself into several different sub and one called ba2 is much more infectious than is ba1 the original one and that one was bad enough and with ba2 right now we're seeing a big increase in cases throughout parts of europe and oftentimes that has been a, you know a kind of a the look forward to see what it might do in the united states kind of situation and what we often see is is that that what happens in europe eventually happens here Uh, within weeks to months. And so we're surely on the lookout. We do have a way of looking in communities for activity that has been really very helpful and very novel, and that's looking at wastewater surveillance. Mm -hmm. So when someone is infected with the virus, they shed it in their stool, it goes into the sewer systems, and we can actually monitor that, the level. And we have seen big increases in a number of sites around the U.S. in the last week, and often this Predates the clinical cases presenting for medical care and hospitalizations by one to three weeks, and so you know this, we could be sitting on another surge. I don't think it'll be anywhere as big as what we saw in January, but it's nonetheless still so could be a challenge. That's why it's still not too late to get your vaccines. Get your vaccines.
0: Epidemiologist Michael Ulsterholm with us this morning. As a general statement with regard to uh, waning immunity. A question. So we we've seen where we, we were hearing about uh, Moderna. We we're hearing about Pfizer uh, getting a fourth shot or a third shot if it's J and J. Regardless of he- underlying health conditions and age, should this be the norm that we go ahead and get the third shot or get the fourth shot, respectively?
1: You know, Freddie. Again, this is one of those areas where we're learning a lot. Uh, I would say right now, clearly, if you're immunocompromised, you need the fourth dose. No question about it. You need a third dose if you had uh, two with the J&J. For those over 65, which is the uh, application that's been put forward by both Pfizer and Moderna to give them a fourth dose, I think that's likely to be approved based on initial data we have from Israel. But beyond that, I think it's still too early to tell. You know mm-hmm. what kind of residual protection we'll get. We do know that these vaccines have been highly successful, and even when if you have a breakthrough infection with waning immunity, where you become clinically ill, there is still a significant reduction in hospitalizations, severe illness, and deaths. So, you know that's that's still a heck of a bargain to get with a vaccine is to avoid serious illness, hospitalizations, and deaths.
0: Tell us about uh, finally. Tell us. Can you tell us about what you see as the texture of our new normal as we try to push through all of these variants, through pushing through, making sure people are vaccinated and tested and so forth. What does it yeah. look like for us? Well, you know, this again,
1: <laughs> you're, you're, nobody's going to to listen to me anymore because they think I don't know anything. <laughs> Some would probably be a little right. But the bottom line is, is that we just don't know what these variants are going to do. You know, they come out of nowhere. And will they evade the immune protection of our already existing vaccines? Uh, will you, if you've been previously infected and developed immunity, still be protected against these new variants? And that's a challenge we have right now. You know, I don't expect to see this become, you know, we month after month, year after year, huge surges of cases with lots of deaths. But it's really just too early to say and I think that anybody that tells you exactly what they know is going to happen in the next year, be careful because they probably have a bridge to sell you to.
0: <laughs> Do you have a final thought for our Twin Cities audience? Really no, thank you. No, I appreciate I appreciate
1: the opportunity here. I appreciate all the messaging you get out. It's really important. You know, we need to have a clear and concise message to the community by someone very trusted in the community. And I so appreciate the you know, being on with you and allowing me to share the time with you because your message is really important, Freddie. It's very important.
0: Well, thank you so much for the kind words, and we thank you and we appreciate your expertise. Thanks for being with us.
1: Okay. Talk to you later. Thanks. Thanks. Bye-bye.